0: Did you ever have something that you should have gone all in for but you were like eh. and as a result all the like the outcomes were like terrible anyone have that like when you asked your kid to tidy their room and they're like uh, don't think so. And so you check on them half an hour later, and there's two things that have packed up, but all the rest of the stuff is behind the door. Anyone have that in their household? And then on Tuesday, you can't find the sports socks. Anyone love that journey? Oh, I love that journey. That's super fun. Um, I, I had a thing where I should have gone all in, and I didn't, and I bore the consequences of that. I bought this great new cookbook. Anyone uh, ever used a recipe from Recipe 10 Eats, Nagi Mahashi? Oh my goodness, love her, she's amazing. So I'm like ill-inspired, I go to Big W, the book's on sale, I'm like, yes, let's get the book. I'm at home one afternoon flicking through the recipes, getting like super inspired. I'm like, this, this is awesome. I'm gonna make like almost everything in this book. This is amazing. I've like chosen like eight, 80 recipes from like the, I don't know, maybe there's 200 in there or something. I'm like, I would make at least 80 of these. You know, I'm flicking through and I'm like, oh, Pad Thai, I've always wanted a Pad Thai recipe. Oh my goodness. And then after a while, you know, like the uh, life went on and uh, I put the book back in the bookshelf, right? It's back in the bookshelf. And then my beautiful wife says to me, you're gonna make a recipe from that book you bought you were super excited about? And I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, I was gonna do one tonight. <laughs> and um, out of all these amazing recipes, I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be great. So I duck down to Woolies and get all the stuff and I come back and the one that I chose was the spaghetti bolognese recipe. <laughs> out of all of these wonderful recipes, guess the one that Darren chose because I really wanted to up my spag bowl game, to be honest. I've learned some things. Anyway, didn't quite reap the benefits of it. But then leading up to Christmas, Beck says to me, we should do brisket. And suddenly I'm all in. Suddenly I'm like completely in. I'm like, yes, we should definitely do brisket. And so, you know, we managed to find a two and a half kilo brisket and Nagi has a recipe in the book for brisket, slow cooked over 10 hours. Christmas night was good. You know, and the marinade turns into the barbecue sauce and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. You know, but I didn't wanna be that guy who's like, who just does like one thing on the barbecue and then expects to get all the praise for the rest of the night. So I'm like, yeah, the brisket's good, but how about this salad, everyone? (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta be all in. Sometimes you just gotta say yes. And then commit and then go all the way forward so that you can benefit from it. You with me? Yeah. So, how was your 2023? All right, let me be more specific. How did you go with what God gave you? How did you steward what you received? How did you steward your marriage? Your family. (laughs) It's it's just that. I think if there's one person in the room who's going to score 100% today, it might be (laughs) Jules. It's definitely not me. How did you steward the call of God on your life? The revelations that He gave you. How did you steward your habits, your time, your money? And I'm not talking about what did God do, how did you do? You know? And because uh, I got a few excuses, I got a few reasons. You know, if I think back to 2023, the whole year, and I'm like, did I do super well? Well, I'm like, yeah, but there was a bit of stuff that happened, you know, and I had a, I had a few terrible months, uh, days, weeks, whatever. But then as I think about Ephesians 1, how it says that I've received every spiritual blessing, that kind of nullifies a bunch of my excuses. It's kind of a bit burny on that one. It burns a little bit. Did you engage with what God was doing? Did you have in place healthy habits of prayer and the Word and connection with your church family? Did you work on that thing with the Holy Spirit? You know that thing where your mouth runs faster than your morality can keep up with? You know that thing where you keep tapping through to unhealthy places on the internet? You know that thing that God's putting his finger on? Did you let him work on that with you? I I love a good year in review downloaded like the most comprehensive year in review from this guy that I follow on Twitter called Dickie Bush. He's like the legend of this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, dude. And he's like expecting you to take five days to look at your year in review. I'm like, nobody got time for that, man. But the questions are super helpful in a kind of weird kind of way. But I like to look back to assess how I did. There's one big question I have for you today though. Is did you hold back? Did you hold back with God? Did you hold back? Or how much did you give God less than he deserves? It's getting quiet in here. That's okay, think about it. Did you pursue God? Or did you get distracted with everything else the world is offering you? Because if I'm honest, I was a bit here and there. I'm like pursuing God and then something shiny appears over here or a terrible situation appears over here and I'm all focused on this. Did you take risks for the kingdom? Or did you take more risks in your conservative stock portfolio in your super? Did you seek to know God, to be with Him? to have your life centered around Christ? Or did you play it safe? I mean, every one of us is gonna have like, you're gonna have answers to these questions and no one's except for Julia scoring 100%. Which is, which is, which is okay because we're imperfect and we're, we're self-centered and we're still trying to work out what this life looks like with Jesus at the center, right? And you can look back over the last 12 months, you can pick holes in your life, and your uh, outcome, in your effort, in your performance. Not that we're performance orientated, but maybe we are a little bit more than what we think. Your effort, your level of fruitfulness, transformation. How much did you give God permission to move in your life? Don't feel bad, but make changes. Allow yourself to not score 100%. But as we look into the new year, I'm I'm starting to consider what changes do I need to make? Literally this morning, asking the Holy Spirit the same question, God, like God how can I, what can I change about the next year? And the Holy Spirit just said to me, I want more of your heart. I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm not trying to beat you up today, right? I'm not trying to get all legalistic. Nor am I suggesting that we don't need to rest because rest is powerful. Healthy rhythms of rest are powerful. But on the other side of rest is a passionate follower of Jesus who is advancing the kingdom unapologetically, who pursues God, who's who's seeking God, who's living for Jesus, who has their life centered around Jesus, the person of Christ who is being ministered to and ministering from the Holy Spirit. We need to talk about passion as well. Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing? And in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, he said this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of alls. Because I've worked out, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at loving God with, with, with some of my heart. And with a good, good solid portion of my mind and a, a healthy percentage of my soul and a, a decent part of my strength. But all, sorry, all, that's a lot. All's a lot, Jesus. Like that's, that's everything. That's huge. All is a life of surrender. All is living for the cause of Christ first, first. Not seventh, like I can do sometimes. All is living in partnership with the Holy Spirit every day. All is seeking God, waking up and seeking Him and connecting with Him. All is knowing Him, all is living for Him. All is it's it's it's, for me to live as Christ. To die is gain, all is, um, I'm not on my, I'm, I'm not my own, I was bought with a price kind of level. All is take up your cross daily and follow Him kind of level. All is living my life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God kind of level. That's a lot. And yet that's what we're called to. Nothing less than everything we are and everything we have. But in return... We get everything that he is and everything that he has. At the end of this year, it's this beautiful opportunity to look back and then look forwards and make adjustments. Because in another 12 months, none of us wants to be stuck in this place, this particular, you know. I don't, we, don't, we don't wanna be stuck with the same offence in 12 months time, right? You don't wanna be like, like, like stuck in the same sin patterns in 12 months time. You don't wanna be stuck uh, in your current level of disconnection or connection from church family. You wanna grow that thing. You don't wanna be stuck trying to forgive the same person in 12 months time trying to live a life that honours God with really poor Bible reading habits. We don't wanna be be here and there in the same same level. So my question to you is, what are you waiting for? This is your invitation. This is your formal invitation to pursue God again. To wake up tomorrow. In fact, well, let's start today. Let's start right now. You know, apparently, New Year's resolutions are far more likely to stick if you start them the day before New Year. Because it's about a lifestyle choice. The time to pursue God is now, the time to walk and engage with the Father's love is now, the identity that He gave you is now, the peace and the joy that he, get, that he offers us so willingly is now, the fruitfulness that He's called you to is now. The intimacy and the closeness that He invites you to is now, don't hold back. Or maybe it's stop holding back. There's so much more for you. There's so much more for us. I love that we're a church that is hungry for God, moving with the Spirit, moving into what God has for us as a church. You know, in a moment, um, we're gonna open up this altar and just respond to what God is doing in the room. And what I'm, what I'm after is for us to devote the next year to Him, to respond and to, we're not, like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna finish in a couple of minutes and you're gonna have the, the opportunity to, um, to respond and commit the new year to Him. But before we do, here's four quick reasons why you might be hesitant. You ready? Yeah. Who's ready? I know the kids are in the room. Stay with me. Four quick reasons why you might not be willing to pursue God in 2024. Number one, you have cool Christian syndrome. I I struggle with this, not because I'm ridiculously cool, but anyway. uh, (laughs) But because I really wanna present a functional, full of life believer to the world around me. I wanna present something that is, I want people to go, "I, I want that thing. But here's some problems with this is it can cause us to focus on our reputation instead of kingdom fruitfulness. And then there's a pressure to always be happy and always be joyful, which leads to becoming fake. And then there's a lack of witness, true witness to the gospel, because I'm just a really nice guy. I'm sure people go, that Darren guy, he's pretty nice. Not much going on up here, but he's really nice, (laughs) right? And and, and people who suffer from this, they want to be, they want to make a genuine difference. They want to advance the kingdom, but we're too fixed on our reputation and not on bearing fruit. And so we settle because we can't make the leap. How do I go from cool to fruitful? We can't make the leap, so we settle for a mediocre walk with Jesus. Secondly, this might be you, you struggle with apathy. In fact, you're probably not here if you struggle with apathy. (laughs) But maybe you do, maybe you're here or you're watching online and and you do and something happened to you. You were pursuing God, you were going for Jesus but something happened and you kind of just disconnected and you're like, whoa, that's, uh, that's, that's too much. Or maybe nothing happened to you and it just got stale over time and now prayer is boring and reading your Bible feels just religious. Your last encounter with Jesus was five plus years ago. And you're like, I don't know. I'm not sure. The life kind of got sucked out of your faith. If that's you, I encourage you to respond today and just ask God to reveal two things to you. What he did for you and who you are to him. It's gonna help you with some apathy. Number three is maybe you're struggling with shame. And this is a really tough one because like, regardless of how many times people say to you, you're chosen, you're loved, God loves you, He wants to be with you. The shame makes you not believe it because you feel unworthy. Shame leads to unworthiness. And so all of this cool truth about who you are in Christ we don't believe because we believe that actually I'm unworthy but the problem is is that we exist in a faith economy right the kingdom of god is an economy of faith faith is what turns the wheels so without belief in the truth I'm not set free I'm not transformed and sadly with shame I've dealt with this sometimes with shame I'd rather hold on to the lie and keep feeling sorry for myself, then meditate on the truth. But yet the truth is what's gonna set me free. The truth is what's gonna bring healing. The truth is what's gonna transform me from the inside out. And then eventually we become a slave to the lie that that thing that I did or that thing that happened to me has disqualified me from God's love. So I don't pursue Him because I'm unworthy. And lastly, some of you are gonna be like, oh, thank you, Jesus, he said it. You're so tired. You're so tired. Life is weary. Exhaustion is normal for you, right? Rest is a concept of yesteryear. We should use that term more often, yesteryear. Your last Sabbath happened vicariously through somebody else. The only time you really get to experience rest is when you're on Instagram looking at what Pastor Nate is posting about the Maldives. (laughs) But actually what you've forgotten is that there is a continual rest for your souls. Hebrews talks about a Sabbath rest that's not just a day, it's a perpetual, continual, constant thing that's happening in our souls. Maybe you're a little bit too guilty to take some time out to replenish your soul. You might need to respond today. Experience some of that Sabbath rest. It's not about Saturday or Sunday, day off. It's about learning to rest from the inside. And so what happens is we're too tired to pursue God. we are like, pursue something else? Are you joking me? I'm, I'm pursuing bedtime and holidays. So like, let's not just accept the status quo today. I I wanna rock the boat. 2024, let's rock the boat. Maybe one of these things you're like, "That's, that's me. I'm struggling with that right now. Like, let's say to God, Holy Spirit, I give you permission in 2024 to transform my life in that area. I devote 2024 to you, to moving with you. Maybe your level of fruitfulness is so low and you're like, I haven't led anyone to Jesus for years. Let's change that in 2024. What does God wanna do in your next year? Are you willing to go, yes and amen, I'm in. God knows the plans He has for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And I believe that today He's making it personal. I believe that today He's making it powerful. But you gotta say yes. We don't get to step into the fullness of what the Father has for us with a... uh. Our job is simply to surrender and pursue.